0: Welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Unknown, the show where we decode the unknown. It's right there in the title. Today, what's really inside Area 51? Kevin wrote this to me. I've never read it before, but I already know the answer. Area 51's just... Sorry, I'm congested. I feel like I've been crying because... I was crying, because for about 10 minutes before recording this video, I just couldn't stop sneezing, I was just like sneezing, sneezing, sneezing. I I have no idea why, just had a crazy sneezing fit, and I was like, okay, it's finally passed, let's record a video, and uh, I'm still feeling it, I'm still feeling it. Look, what's inside Area 51 is not aliens, it's just a military base where they test planes and shit. There's like, I don't know how else to like describe it. (laughs) It's a military base with planes, like experimental planes, and I'm sure they're really cool and secretive and awesome, but it's not aliens. Anyway, Kevin's going to tell us all about this in many more words than that, so let's just jump in, shall we? Good news, everybody. YouTubers roll back the profanity and instru- uh, restrictions. Oh, Kevin, this is so wildly out of date. Even when I'm recording this, it's already out of date. By the time it goes live, people are going to be like, there was a what with a what? That means that even though this is just the beginning of the video, I can tell you that it's time for some fucking aliens. Oh, Kevin, you can't- you can't swear anyway. Like, I mean, not so early. They've rolled it back from the first eight seconds, but it still applies in the first minute or something. So, no, you can't, Kevin. Rely on Simon, the YouTube genius! <laughs> to- 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 know that. just don't- it's just not worth the risk. It all began in 1947 technically it began well before that with a bunch of reports of ufos before and during during world war ii but june the 24th 1947 is credited as the first major ufo sighting of the modern era modern is being used somewhat loosely here since that was over 75 years ago but just go with it ah yes the modern times of the 1940s (laughs) when my grandparents were younger than me Kenneth Arnold wasn't the first person in America to report a UFO sighting following World War II. He was just the first person to do so that wasn't a complete fucking crackpot. Arnold was a businessman, and after working for a couple of years selling firefighting equipment, he founded his own company, Great Western Fire Control Supply. He traveled around the entire Pacific Northwest selling and installing automatic fire suppression systems, and he did that traveling in his own private plane. Okay. You know your business is successful when you've got your own private... Oh, I suppose he's like... He could be... There's a big diff... Like, private plane. I mean, look, either way, if you're flying planes, you got some money, right? Because, like, I don't know, I was taking my pilot's license. That shit's expensive. Like, you've got some money. But I imagine this dude, like, in a Learjet, but he could just be, like, flying around in a little Cessna or something. Of course, owning a private private plane in 1947 wasn't the same as someone owning their own private jet today. There we go. Arnold had a 2 seat propeller plane, and he was the pilot he took off from... Chehalis? in washington some at 2 15 pm on route to yakima washington what is up with all the places that i don't know how to pronounce (laughs) i thought you spoke english in america come on he then decided to take a detour after hearing about a large cash reward presumably from air traffic control since that was created in the 1930s you imagine a time before there was air traffic control just roaming around doing whatever the fuck they want it's like ah hello just like driving but with planes and much more death the US Marine Corps was offering a reward of $5,000, that's over $67,000 today, if anyone could locate their Curtis C-46 commando plane that had crashed near Mount Rainier. Arnold gave up his search just before 3pm and decided to get on with his actual job, and that's when he saw the UFOs. I dunno, $67,000 is a lot of money, if I was going to like a meeting or whatever, let's just say by car, and someone was like, yeah, yeah, if you spot this thing, we're gonna give you different I'll be like, well, off we go, cancel my afternoon. When Arnold Yant landed in Yakima, he told some of his pilot friends what he had seen. Skeptical of actual aliens, they suggested what he might have seen was guided missiles or a secret government aircraft that was being tested. Those are some pretty smart friends. He finished refueling, and then he headed to Pendleton, Oregon for an air show. That next day, he went to the office of the East Oregonian newspaper to share his story. They, too, were skeptical at first, but something strange happened. The longer that the reporters interviewed Arnold, the more they began to believe him. Not because they were getting wrapped up in the excitement of it all, but because. He just seemed to be really credible. There are people who are just more credible. Like, if someone came up and they were like, Simon, I saw aliens. It'd be like, well, instantly I'd be like, (laughs) please. But if you were like a very serious dude who was like, um, you know, like, oh, I did this, I see this, it's like, I'm a... Businessman, what was he selling? Like equipment. And then there's the dude who rolls up, and he's like, he looks like semi homeless. He's like talks too fast. He's got those shifty eyes. Like you know, though it's a different vibe, isn't it? Because I'll be like the first guy is like, I'm gonna give you the time of day. The second guy, I'll be like, oh please. <laughs> Whoops, my coffee's falling off my uh, coaster. And the, the um, people be like, oh well, Simon, don't judge a book by its cover. And it's like, it's a very useful way of judging people. Arnold was already an experienced pilot and respected businessman, which helped his credibility. But nothing he told them was exaggerated or sensationalized. It was not only delivered completely matter-of-fact, but he had observed the event meticulously. After Arnold had given up his search, he saw a bright flashing light, like the sun, being reflected by a mirror. His first instinct was that light was reflecting off another plane that he was dangerously close to. Air traffic control may have existed for over a decade at that point, but it would be another five years before they actually had radar to help them track the planes there was a huge reward for the c46 search mission so his assumption that another plane was nearby was a reasonable one also they could just be in um i remember this from my flying lessons like you could be in unrestricted airspace or like that where they're like okay you've got to look out the window for other planes because someone's not going to come on the radio and tell you there's another plane nearby you just gotta watch out for them however when he searched the skies around him the only other plane he saw was 15 miles back about 30 seconds later he saw a series of bright flashes off to his left again he thought that this may have been a reflection though this time he thought something may be reflecting on his window he tried rocking the plane removing his glasses and eventually he just rolled the damn window down the lights had been a mirage they were coming off something flying off in the distance Arnold began searching for a rational explanation could it just be light reflecting off a flock of geese no it was too high up it was too bright and they were moving too fast maybe it was lights on some sort of new jet like his friends had suggested that might make sense so he began intently searching for a trail but there was no trail to be seen or at the very least he saw none I'd be like yeah it's a jet it's a jet they don't always have to make trails they don't always you know." there's still lots of very rational explanations available the lights approached Mount Rainier, which had already been about 25 miles away when this all began they passed in front of the mountain and Arnold saw them as dark objects along the backdrop of the snowy mountaintop the objects did continue to flash on occasion as well he described them as being convex comparing their shape to a saucer disc or pie pan note that the term flying saucer didn't exist yet this was actually the incident from which the term originates well there you go he also realized in order for him to see any detail at such a distance, the objects had to be pretty big, at least as big as the plane that was trailing him. Arnold estimated that the disks were about 60 feet in diameter. What is that in meters? Like 10 meters? So quite large, but not massive though some later number crunching would have him bump this up to about 100 feet the objects also appeared to be flying together in a group in a diagonal echelon formation he later calculated that the source's flying formation was roughly five miles in diameter curious about how fast things were going he decided to change his course slightly to run parallel to theirs he rolled down his window to make sure that he was seeing them clear without any potential glare or reflection reflections on the glass And then he started timing them the ufos traveled from mount rainier to mount adams and then faded from sight according to the clock on his instrument panel and the apparent locations of when he started timing them and when they got too far to see they'd traveled 50 miles in 1 minute and 42 seconds i don't know how fast that is i'm sure kevin's going to tell us in a second but it's bloody quick isn't it once he was on the ground he had the time to do the actual maths arnold was able to calculate the speed and he measured it as being over 1700 miles per hour or three times faster than the fastest manned aircraft at the time since his distance measurements weren't exact he decided to round the speed down to 1200 miles per hour it was still a few months before chuck yeager would become the first pilot to break the sound barrier so that speed would still seem pretty ludicrous for a man-made plane at the time yeah i mean but there's also Assuming he's done all these calculations correctly and there was actually this flying disc or whatever. One, it doesn't have to be manned. And were the rockets and stuff? There must have been rockets and stuff going faster than planes right so they could be rockets or something like that and also could just be like there's lots of cool shit that the military has that they don't tell us about and then we find out years later that they have or decades later like holy shit military's ahead of their time like the nsa cia uh, the the, military dod department of defense how does that work i don't know look mi6 gchq for the british ones they have tons of cool shit that they're not telling you about The thing with Arnold's whole story is that the way he tells it doesn't sound crazy. He didn't barge into the newspaper office and yell, Stop the presses because I just saw some fucking alien ships. He told them what he observed, and he didn't speculate as to the true nature of these flying saucers. Obviously, he had initially speculated it was some new type of jet, but he didn't see a tail. Beyond that, he doesn't appear to have made any wild claims, at least not initially. After helping debunk an elaborate UFO hoax, Arnold would go on to realise that that there was way more money in leaning into the whole aliens thing, and he published a whole lot of stories about aliens and UFOs, but all that came later. I leaned into Arnold, no! He leaned into the grift so hard, which (laughs) one day this channel will be like aliens discovered the truth about Atlantis And it will just be me talking about how they finally discovered aliens and Atlantis is real because That's how I'll make this channel more popular than it is now be like million views boom 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 easy as pie and All all it will have cost me is my soul for now he was a credible witness with a story that could be corroborated by others multiple other civilians had seen similar things at the time and some of them had even reported it to the newspapers before arnold did they reported it to their washington newspapers the same day whereas he had gone to the newspaper the following day in oregon The most important corroboration actually came 10 days later, when the crew of a United Airlines flight saw identical objects to what Arnold had described. As a side note, I have a question for you, Simon. Okay, here we go. Because you've talked about taking flying lessons in the past. Is flying a plane the most mindless thing in the world or something? All of the details in Arnold's story sound like an accurate telling of what he observed, but it's also a fairly lengthy story that doesn't seem to involve him actually flying the plane. He just stared at something off in the distance for almost two minutes straight to time how fast it was going going and at one point he took off his glasses that I could only assume he would need to see I mean I get that driving a car becomes pretty mindless with experience but I still need to at least vaguely pay attention to what's happening in front of me I'd say obviously with a plane there's a lot more to learn and there's a lot more to do at times but once you're in the air and you're just off somewhere there's not really any I mean there's other planes in the sky but it's not like the cars there's not that many you also don't have to turn you don't have to like have lane discipline or whatever you just like, press the little autopilot button and it'll keep you level and it'll keep you at the same speed and uh yeah it can be uh a bit mindless Anyway, Arnold's story was first published in Oregon on June the 25th, and the next day caused a nationwide sensation as media outlets across the entire country picked up on the story. It seemed that every man, woman, and child was whipped up into a frenzy over the possibility that extraterrestrials had come to Earth. Everyone except for one man, and that man was W.W. W. Mac Brazel. Mac didn't own a phone or a radio, so he had no idea just sort of what sort of malarkey the rest of the country was up to. What he did own was a ranch just outside of Roswell, New Mexico, so while the rest of the country was fixated on nearly 800 ufo sightings that would be reported immediately following arnold's mac just wanted to get back to chorin what is chorin i don't even know what that is doing his chores what was his job again he just was a rancher okay the ranchers chore okay the roswell incident Sometime in late June, Mac was out working on his ranch when he came across some debris. We don't actually know for sure what we found, because he didn't really pay it any mind. The debris was scattered across an entire square mile and it consisted of tinfoil, rubber, and wooden beams. Not wanting to let somebody's trash stand in the way of a solid day's work, Mac gathered up the debris and pushed it under some brush to get it out of the way. He then continued with life as normal for about the next week. This, I mean, is this the, like, weather balloon slash alien spacecraft thing? And it's like, yeah, 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 the alien spacecraft that was made out of wood. (laughs) That common interplanetary craft material. Tree. On Saturday night, July the 5th, Mac drove into nearby Corona, New Mexico. It was then that he finally caught wind of all this talk about flying saucers, realizing that he might have something extremely important on his hands. He decided that the debris found should be handed over to the proper authorities, uh, whenever he could get around to it. Or maybe he just had to spend the entire next day in church because it was Sunday in the 1940s. Who knows? Also, it's like he's like fascinating. There's this wood and this stuff, and he's like he's just busy. He's got his own going on. That's okay. Just because it's a priority for other people doesn't mean it's a priority for mac and that's fine or maybe he just really loves jesus when monday came around mac gathered up some of the debris and drove it to the roswell sheriff's office much like mac the sheriff didn't really know what to make of it he decided to call the nearby roswell army airfield who assigned the investigation to major jesse marcel marcel came out to the ranch with mac and together they gathered up more debris for marcel to take home with him on Tuesday morning, July the 8th, Marcel took the materials to his base commander, Colonel William Blanchett. There are a lot of jokes about the US military, and the army in particular, being made up of the bottom percent of high school graduates. Regardless of what you may think of the average army soldier, I can tell you that Colonel Blanchard was a fucking genius for what he decided to do after sending Marcel to Fort Worth Army Airfield to report the debris to the general in charge. But the military and stuff, like I get the like bottom 1% comments or whatever, it feels a bit mean, but like these aren't grunts these are officers so they went to like the equivalent of is it like is it the equivalent of university is it like west point is that where people go in america um i think we call it is it sandhurst sandringham sand sandville something like this in the u sand something for sure and that's where and i don't know you've got to be pretty bright to be an army officer or like a military officer right because you're going to be leading a lot of people you're going to be making a lot of decisions and then to rise to colonel and be in charge of a base i feel like i don't know what the equivalent of that is in the civilian world but it's probably like area manager something like that i don't know like if you have a few branches like whoever michael scott's boss is in the office i rotated out a few times right like i imagine that's the sort of Would Michael Scott be a major, though? (laughs) I can't believe we're having a discussion about what the military ranks of the US office would be. But, because Michael Scott, I guess his job would be his rank might... Like, I have no idea. Look, military people chime off in the comments below, because I'm genuinely curious. But, like, he would be a major, but just a very incompetent major, right? And then the person in charge of that would be, like, a colonel. And would the person in charge of that person, like, the, um... What's the face? Michael Wallace? Would he be like a general? Like maybe a one star or a two star general and then the CEO would be like a bigger general? Right? I don't know. I'm fascinated by this. Let me know what you think in the comments below military people. Is Michael Scott a major? That's the big question we're trying to answer today. Walter Hunt, the public information officer for Roswell Army Airfield, issued a press release. He immediately began receiving phone calls asking to verify that the press release was authentic. One announcer for a Roswell radio station told Hort not to run the story, saying that if he did, the army would ship him off to Siberia. <laughs> okay but there would be no repercussions for Hort releasing this information after all he didn't write the press release and he wasn't allowed to see the debris beforehand it was colonel blanchard who wrote the press release and ordered Hort to issue it the military's official statement read the many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th bomb group of the 8th air force roswell army airfield bloody mouthful isn't it was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office of shaves county maybe uh, quote continues: The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the ranch stored the disc until such a time as he was able to contact the sheriff's office, who in turn notified Major Jesse A. Marshall of the 509th Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken, and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by Major Marcel to higher headquarters. End quote. If you recall how Mac described the debris, it hardly sounded like an alien spacecraft. Yes, I said it was made out of wood and, like, rubber. Both tree parts. Tinfoil and wood aren't really suitable materials for interstellar flight, and and it honestly sounds more like some sort of really shiny kite. And after the general at Fort Worth examined the debris, that's exactly what he said it was. The day after the initial announcement that the military had recovered a flying disc, they released a new press statement to correct the announcements. (laughs) It's like, guys, we're really sorry. It wasn't a fly disc. It was a massive kite. It wasn't a flying saucer at all. No, no, no. It was just a weather balloon. Devices like these were actively used by 80 weather stations across the country, and they were really common. Yeah, I mean, tinfoil... Wood, rubber sounds exactly like the sort of shit a weather balloon would be made out of. The balloons would float up to an altitude of about 60,000 feet, at which point they would pop and the debris would fall back down to the ground. Obviously, this is a much more sensible and realistic explanation for what has happened. But which was actually the truth? With the exception of Mac and the Roswell Sheriff, nobody outside of the military had actually seen the debris, so how could anyone be sure? Well, fine. But it's like, why are we jumping- it's like, oh, the military's lied to us. It's like, yeah, 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 but there's literally no evidence for that. And there's some evidence in the form of like one civilian who was like, guys, it was just wood. <laughs> so why would you immediately go to the other side? Why not use your logical big brain and be like, well, this is the information we have at hand. And like, don't get me wrong, the military's up to all sorts of shady shit all the time. There's conspiracy theories that are real. But are the aliens coming to Earth in like wood and like discs real? No. Not until I find out otherwise. And to do that I'd need like proper evidence. <laughs> not this nonsense as it turns out most people were sure because they'd actually seen the debris courtesy of some newspaper photos the incident wound up fading from the public discourse for over 30 years sure there were fringe conspiracy theories but these were small groups of people who didn't have the internet to amplify their message the population at large had been satisfied with a weather balloon explanation and that's what makes blanchard's initial press statement so brilliant it was the very early days of the cold war and innovation was at the forefront of american military minds they needed newer and better weapons and vehicles to ensure that if war with Russia were to actually occur they would have the ability to emerge victorious but these vehicles needed to be tested and stealth planes needed to be tested by flying them this would run the risk of them being spotted by civilians and reported to the media so Blanchard headed them off at the pass sure if somebody saw an experimental spy plane flying in the sky they could try to report to the media that they had borne witness to some hitherto unknown area vehicle an unidentified flying object if you will but nobody would believe them the majority of people had accepted that the Roswell incident was just a weather balloon because it was so all future claims of UFO sightings would be written off as crackpot conspiracy theories I don't understand why this is a crackpot conspiracy theory there's 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 levels to this right there's prima facie sure it was a weather balloon Then there's the one up from now, which is like the military's testing spy shit that they don't want us to tell about. Which I think is probably likely in many cases. And then there's, it's an alien spacecraft. As I know, it's probably the middle one, also quite possibly the first one, but it's not aliens. Even if somebody really did see an experimental military plane, the military could just say that it was a weather balloon, and that would be the end of their credibility. Admittedly, the game that was played with the press releases was a bit of a gambit. Declaring to the media, holy sh**, we found a flying saucer, no way, just kidding, it was a weather balloon, definitely had the chance to backfire, were people not able to see debris with their own eyes. Nobody was going to believe that an alien spaceship was crafted out of such flimsy materials. It was a great solution, and like I say, it worked for over 30 years. But in the 70s, something big happened people realized that the government was lying to us. The Area 51 Conspiracy Everybody knows that politicians lie and make crazy promises to get elected, but we were supposed to be able to trust what we were told by the military and by government intelligence agencies. That sounds like a pretty ridiculous statement now, but people didn't have a reason to suspect otherwise, so well, what exactly changed in the 1970s? Well, that would be the Tuskegee Experiments, MKUltra, Pro, Operation Mockingbird, Family Jewels, Project Shamrock. <laughs> Huge, crazy shit that the military did and lied about, and uh, not just the military—the the U.S. government and other governments around the world were also doing all sorts of crazy, shady shit. Like I made a video about Porton Down the other day, and I said, like, "Oh, oh, so the British government were just testing chemical weapons on on military people." Oh, okay, Jesus Christ, governments. Thanks to some meddling by the Senate, it was revealed to the American public that the FBI, CIA, NSA, and US military have been on some pretty insane shit. They were lying to us, spying on us, experimenting on us, and paying off journalists to keep the American propaganda machine running. People's eyes were being opened to the incredible evil our government was capable of, and they didn't know who to believe anymore. And those secret operations I mentioned are just the ones that were confirmed to be true. That doesn't even address all the questions people had and still have surrounding the assassinations of jfk and martin luther king but if you'd like to have some of those questions addressed after you watch this video please feel free to check out our other videos on this channel about those assassinations yeah i think other than i mean we covered the assassination stuff but those projects i think the only ones i haven't made video about or don't really know about are family jewels and project shamrock and now immediately after this i'm probably going to go write those down and get those made because i you know those videos at least i got another channel called into the shadows those videos always do crazy We were like They just love it with the- I mean, they don't love it. They hate it. But they love learning about the crazy shit that the government got up to. Like, (laughs) with their money. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's fucking scary sometimes, bro. Don't even get me started on the shit that Snowden released. Blows my mind. Anyway, the military and the intelligence communities were lying to us, so what else have they lied about? What secrets were they keeping that were still being concealed from the American public? Oh, the answer to that is fucking many. I always thought, and I don't know why, like, I think about this every now and again, it's like, if someone asked you, like, what would you like to know, like, if some omnipotent being, like ChatGPT, was like... <laughs> let's let's just say you know god comes down from heaven and he's like you can have one question i think i'd really like to know what's the biggest secret just that open-ended question like what is the biggest secret and it'd be like well the u.s government came into contact with aliens in 1983 and they were bored by us and then they went on on their journey and they never came back something like that like what is the biggest secret i think would be like a fascinating question to ask in a theoretical world where that could happen but it obviously can't so let's just move on when the army claimed that the roswell incident was just a weather balloon what was that just a bunch of bullshit to pacify the masses in 1979 the people would get their answer major marcel the first person from the military to see the debris that mac found on his ranch was interviewed for the documentary ufos are real which uh, sounds like a completely unbiased piece of documentary filmmaking right there in the interview marcel contradicted the statements he had made over 30 years prior he had known all along that it was more than just a weather balloon as had the general that made that declaration but he wasn't allowed to say anything So, was Marcel lying in 1947 under orders from the army, or was he lying in a 1979 documentary with a clear agenda that may or may not have paid him for his testimony? That's not my cute way of saying allegedly, either. Marcel may or may not have been paid, I have no idea. I can't find any evidence one way or the other, but it's not uncommon for people to be paid to appear in documentaries. I'd say it's unusual for them to appear in documentaries and not get paid i'm very much inclined to believe that marcel was lying in 1979 after being paid for his testimony in the documentary as evidence for my belief here is a photo of marcel posing with the a press conference on july 8 1947. remember this was the same day the military claimed it was a flying saucer so a day before they said it was a weather balloon okay well here he is you can see it on screen now i'm looking at it in my little document here but 32 years is a long time and people could have easily forgotten that these photos existed sure uh, you could find them with very little effort by going to the library and looking up old newspapers on microfilm but doing even the bare minimum amount of research flies completely in the face of everything conspiracy theorists believe in yeah making documentaries is also way easier when you don't actually have to like look for truth you just be like ufos are real (laughs) But yeah they are and just uh, make shit up it's, it's easier than you know research since everybody had forgotten about this photo of a clearly not 100-foot flying saucer it was time to believe marcel's new story and the conspiracy narrative that the roswell incident was a major government cover-up of an extraterrestrial crash landing there were persistent reports that bodies were found at the scene of the crash as well <laughs> what was that dude the rancher's name mac <laughs> He just swept them all into a corner and he figured it out a few days later. The aliens, on his, he's probably nothing. Like, look, Mac may have been a chilled out dude who's like doesn't need to go report stuff, but if there were like smelly alien bodies, like just slowly rotting away on his property that had swept into a corner, he'd probably have more urgently rushed into town, wouldn't he? Maybe he was just still in on the cover-up, despite also having tried to blow the whistle on. Uh, You know what, I'm not going to try and figure out how conspiracy theorists' minds work. I may have been willing to keep an open enough mind to have come around on the whole JFK thing, but it's not so open that my brain is falling out. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, So often with conspiracy theories, it's like, yeah, 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 fine. There are real conspiracy theories. Are they still conspiracy theories then? That there are real, like, conspiracies. That's the one. There are real conspiracies. But just so many people who believe in conspiracy theories are, as Kevin puts it, their brains are falling out. With a large amount of the public now believing that it was really aliens that crashed on Mac's farm outside Roswell and that the military had recovered both their ship and their bodies, that just left one simple question. Where did they take it? Well, oh, there was a clear answer that made absolute perfect sense, the Roswell aliens were taken to Area 51. Oh my god, yeah. I totally forgot. This video is about Area 51. Kevin, why have we spent half this video talking about... Oh, because the big conspiracy theory around Area 51 is the Roswell landing. I have to say I expected this more to be about Area 51 in general, but that wouldn't be a very good decoding the unknown video because these are like much more story based like we go through an exploration there's a story is interesting whereas like another video like if i was doing like geographics another channel i do about area 51 i've probably done it then it would be much more facts and stuff and like a history of area 51 rather than this which is a story okay i get it but <laughs> it does what 33 minutes in did it matter that area 51 was located nearly a thousand miles away and was a 14 hour drive of course not the military has planes did it matter that the location referred to as area 51 wasn't even built until late years after the roswell incident no because obviously they just built the facility around the wrecked spacecraft wait why would they take the wrecked spacecraft somewhere else and then build a facility around it if you're building it around it you do it where it is if you're taking it somewhere else you're taking it to somewhere that already exists conspiracy theorists why are your brains falling out they very very slowly built the facility around it according to the conspiracy theory once the wrecked spacecraft was transferred to area 51 scientists began dissecting the deceased alien bodies and attempting to reverse engineer their technology And that actually brings me to another question, exactly how trash must our scientists be for this theory to be true? Yeah, it's like, cool, okay, so if they reverse-engineered all the technology, where's all the cool technology? Why do- I mean, look, the planes we make, like the 6th generation or 5th generation fighters or whatever, are awesome. They kick ass, they're incredible. But you know what they're not incredible as? Alien spaceships. Which would be a lot more advanced because they've come from another planet. Like, they come from another solar system. That is so far beyond what we're technologically capable of that if all we could build was that B-2 bomber, or whatever it was, the new one, um, if that's all we could build after all this time of dissecting alien technology and reverse engineering it and dissecting their bodies... <laughs> I don't know what that's got to do with the technology. But if that's all we could do from reverse engineering, then our scientists are shit and we need to do a better job maybe they're that bottom one percent scientists maybe they're army scientists sorry army scientists i'm just joking i know you've got giant brains certainly bigger than mine if aliens crashed in new mexico in 1947 that means scientists and engineers have had over 75 years to work on reverse engineering their spacecraft what exactly have they been doing with their time it took another 22 years and nine dead astronauts for us to set foot on the moon hell russia beat the united states by sending the first satellite first animal and first human into space and they did it without alien tech oh as far as you know kevin i'm not sure anybody could have been convinced that area 51 is full of crashed alien spaceships while not being simultaneously embarrassed by the massive failures of the scientific community to reverse engineer literally anything from them but i mean you do you regardless that brings us to the crux of today's episode we've explored the fascinating events that led to the creation of area 51 ufo conspiracy theories but what exactly has been going on there for real the true history of area 51 the location referred to as by the public as Area 51 was originally opened by the CIA in 1955 as Paradise Ranch. Though it now goes by the names Homie Airport and <laughs> Groom Lane. <laughs> CIA, what's up with your name? Paradise Ranch, take me down to the Paradise City. <laughs> okay, and also Homie Airport, like what's up homie? Okay. Okay. <laughs> For 10 years before this, there was pretty much nothing, and before that it was an aerial gunnery range used by the Army. But speaking of names, nobody is actually sure why it's called Area 51, at least nobody that's willing to talk. The prevailing theory is that it was named based on a now-defunct Atomic Energy Commission numbering grid. It's believed that the name Area 51 was chosen because the secret location was adjacent to Area 15, and because it was thought that the AEC would never reach as high as 51. There is at least one declassified CIA document document that referred to the military installation as Area 51 back in the Vietnam era, but officially it goes by the names I mentioned above. Homey Airfield or whatever it was. the base is the matryoshka doll of secret bases as area 51 is hidden inside the nevada test and training range it's also a remote detachment of california's edwards air force base but despite being a secret air force base established by the cia they weren't the ones who actually chose the location for area 51 no it was chosen by lockheed you see the base was constructed with one singular purpose in mind sure it would eventually go on to do other things but in 1955 they only had one goal to find somewhere to test lockheed new U-2 high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft, better known as a spy plane. They realized they couldn't test the plane at Edwards Air Force Base because the project was far too secretive and they needed somewhere more remote. Kelly Johnson, designer of the U-2, described the first time he saw the area surrounding Groom Lake, quote, We flew over it and within 30 seconds you knew it was the place, End A 5,000-foot runway was immediately laid down and within three months the base was fully operational and had already received its first U-2. It's incredible that they put that together in three months a 5000 foot runway and a military base for testing secret aircraft when the military wants to get shit done they really do don't they Area 51 may have been in working order, but the construction was hardly done, as it was very bare bones at this time. There were a few leisure amenities, like a volleyball court and a movie theatre, and I'm sure decades later the staff of Area 51 had a good laugh watching Independence Day on the big screen for the first time. That just feels... I mean, I know Kevin describes it as bare bones, but they built it in three months with a 5,000 foot runway, (laughs) and it's got a movie theatre. So this is a big base. It only took a year for the u2 to finish testing and begin being used by the air force for overflights of the soviet union unfortunately the spy plane wasn't quite as stealthy as they hoped they were unable to reduce the radar cross section enough to prevent the soviets from detecting them and it turns out that the ussr didn't really enjoy being spied on (laughs) they didn't what the CIA had a meeting with Johnson in which they discussed making another spy plane that would be harder to pick up on radar. They decided to give it another go, and work began on Lockheed's A-12 Oxcart. I think that's—I've made a video about this on my Mega Projects channel, and I think it's possibly the most popular video that I've ever made. It's probably got several million views, which is nice. I like that for me. The plane was more stealthy than the U-2. Actually, it was just more impressive overall. The U-2 was a subsonic aircraft, normally flying at around 500 miles per hour. The A-12 wasn't just supersonic, it was super with speeds exceeding Mach 3. That's over four times faster than the U-2, which is an incredible achievement. Could these massive gains in speed have been the result of ver- reverse-engineering alien technology? Well, no. And if you thought the answer might be yes, then obviously you've not been paying attention. However, the A-12 does give us a great little story to demonstrate what the government was willing to do to keep the development of the stealth plane under wraps sorry and just to go back to that previous state thing kevin said earlier like and and what i was talking about how governments keep stuff secret if if you were like yeah the government's got a spy plane it's the most advanced spy plane and we only know about it because the russians found out about it or whatever and it's called the u-tier and it goes 500 miles per hour and then someone was like yeah but they've got another one (laughs) And it's four times faster. You'll be like, no, they don't. But they do, because they don't tell you everything. They didn't actually do anything crazy, they just did the only thing the US government knows how to do when it comes to the military, they threw money at the problem. In 1963, one of the A-12 test flights went wrong, resulting in a crash. The pilot was fortunately able to eject from the plane and got a ride from a truck driver, <laughs> but there was still the little matter of the extremely classified and secret Mach 3 Plus jet that crashed somewhere in Utah. The CIA announced in the press that the crash had been a Republic F-105 Thunderchief, Chief, and they also told the two farmers that lived closest to the crash that it was carrying nuclear weapons that was enough to keep them from snooping around but there was also still the matter of the random family that had stumbled upon the crash site and informed local law enforcement um don't you have like we have something called the official secrets act in the uk which makes you have to shut up about certain things related to like official secrets and you don't have to sign anything it's a it's a, it's a law so it's not that you have to agree to it, you don't have to get like a security clearance or whatever, it's just say like everyone is bound by this. Can't don't you have something similar, America? Can't be like, you can't talk about this or you'll be criminally prosecuted. I know you have like freedom of speech or whatever and, and you know, you're much more keen on that stuff. But you must have something like that, surely. So people can't just like blab about official stuff that has to be secret for, you know, important security reasons. For the sake of America's victory in the Cold War, these people had to be dealt with. The CIA visited the small handful of people that had been witness to the A-12's wreckage and very strongly suggested they never speak a word about it to anyone. (laughs) If the CIA come to your door and say that, I'd just be like, okay. (laughs) I don't want to go to Guantanamo Bay and hang out with terrorists. Just to make sure they didn't talk, everyone involved was handed a check for $25,000, which is quarter million dollars today. God damn. Note to self, buy a fucking (laughs) farm. I want secret government junk to crash onto my property anyway buying off witnesses was a pretty common thing to keep people from asking questions the security guards were all outside contractors and they were paid a thousand dollars per month which is ten thousand dollars today making 120 grand annually is already a good salary but they also got free housing and las vegas chef's on call 24 7 to prepare them steak lobster and whatever else their heart desired oh my god i want to be a security guard holy shit! where are they security guards just area 51 just hanging around Why? Are they that sounds awesome and so much money while the a12 was successfully completed for surveillance for of the Soviets they decided it was best not to bother flying them over Soviet airspace was considered too dangerous after an incident where a U-2 was shot down during an overflight and satellite surveillance had rendered them obsolete anyway they could have used the a12 to spy on Cuba but the U-2 was more than sufficient to keep eye on Castro so the a12 wouldn't see any action until Vietnam I could go on about the development of lockheed's d21 f117 and have blue made videos about all of those but this isn't war of graphics or mega projects other channels that i do so i honestly don't think you care and i don't want to kill retention (laughs) thank you kevin Besides, there was more going on in Area 51 than some Lockheed planes being tested. Beginning in the 1960s, the base was also a major center for reverse engineering crashed UFOs. Yeah, of course it was. According to who, Kevin? I mean, I'm sure some of them were technically UFOs when they crashed or were shot down, but by the time they were dragged to Area 51, they'd been identified as an assortment of Soviet fighter planes. Where Soviet fighter planes flew over the US? I guess they must have right did they because there was the u2 that was shot down which kevin just mentioned that was the gary powers flight um were the russians doing the same thing and were the americans shooting down their planes as well and then examining them and i see what kevin meant yeah they're ufos you know unidentified flying objects technically The base was used to evaluate, test, and reverse engineer their captured foreign technology to make sure that the United States military would always have an edge over the Soviets. Realistically, it was all pointless, since any armed conflict between the U.S. and the U.S.S.R. at that time would have undoubtedly escalated to nuclear annihilation anyway, but it's still nice to know what the enemy is up to. The F-117 is the last project that took place at Area 51 that I can tell you about with any certainty, but it's still an active testing facility. You'd know they're up to some cool shit. Get there, for sure. Expansions began being built in the 1980s, and in 1995 the exclusionary area surrounding the base was expanded to include nearby mountains. Most recently, in October of 2015, the government took land that had been owned by the same family since the 1870s because the land was elevated and overlooked the base. Luckily, such eminent domain claims require the government to pay fair market value for the property. While there certainly exist reports of lowball eminent domain offers, in a situation like this it's safe to assume the government would offer them enough money to fuck off without making a scene. Yeah, this eminent domain shit. It's like, so I'm like renovating a house right now. It's been going on for like the better part of a year. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. If the government were like, well, we're going to build a highway right through your house, Simon. I'd be like, okay. And they'd be like, so we're going to give you some money. I'd be like, yeah, but I spent a lot of effort like choosing wallpapers. I mean, my wife primarily spent a lot of effort choosing wallpapers. But it's like, how do you quantify that? You bastards. i just start again despite all of the research that we've discussed taking place at area 51 thus far the location was never designated as a secret base sure every document that came out of the facility was labeled top secret slash sensitive compartmented information which are those ts documents you might be hearing about since mid-2022 oh yes of course wait no not of course i'm thinking of the kennedy documents there were area 51 documents as well i don't even remember this but area 51 wasn't a secret base in fact the cia never publicly even acknowledged that the base existed until 2013 but in december of 2007 a funny thing happened the Jeppesen database used in plane navigation systems was updated to include the latest revision to the international civil aviation organization's airport identifier codes so the thing in everyone's plane that said here's lax here's jfk here's atl suddenly also said oh yeah here's kxta which also goes by homey airport with coordinates for Area 51 this was almost certainly a mistake in fact i can't figure out how this would not have been a mistake regardless it was immediately realized that everyone needed to be adequately informed not to fly to kxta you could not make kxta your destination you could not use it as a waypoint to refuel your pain no matter what you did as a pilot you should absolutely not attempt to show up to kxta without their specific permission. but speaking of showing up without permission storm area 51 in june of 2019 Matty robert oh i remember this god this feels like so long ago Four years ago now. Jeez, time flies. I mean, time flies, doesn't it? Was that only four years ago? Four years. In June 2019, Matty Roberts created a joke Facebook page entitled Storm Area 51, They Can't Stop Us All. The alleged goal of the group was to raid the top-secret military base so they could find all the extraterrestrials and proof of conspiracies contained within. It was all based on the premise, if we Naruto run, we can move faster than bullets, let's see them aliens. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what they can do. They can stop, like, they, they can't stop us all. Yes, they can. I promise you they can. It doesn't matter how many of you show up, it would take hundreds of thousands them to they will stop you <laughs> they will definitely stop you for those like simon who are unfamiliar with the anime naruto yeah i have no idea if i'm even pronouncing it right it's the way characters in the show run is by leaning forward so that their torso is essentially parallel with the grounds That sounds effective then running with their arms extended backwards i think the idea is that you're basically making your body as sharp as possible to cut through the air and reduce wind resistance it's pretty silly and inefficient storm area 51 is a pretty funny story but rather than getting too far off our main topic i just wanted to take this little detour to emphasize that yes they can they can stop you all with bullets yes guards have killed someone earlier that same year for trying to drive onto the base this theoretically may be an isolated incident as i can't find specific reports of other civilians being killed for trespassing on the base but the point still stands if you want to believe in conspiracy theories i may not be able to stop you oh but i try kevin i try but please do not act on those beliefs in any way that would get you killed wrap up So, what's really inside Area 51? If we're talking about right now, I have absolutely no idea because it's all highly classified. My student loans would almost certainly qualify as excessive indebtedness. Scary, where are you going? So there's no way I'd ever be approved for top-secret security clearance. Oh! They don't let you have security clearance if you have too much debt? Why? Because you could be bribed more easily because someone would pay off your debts, but it's student loans. It's not the fucking mob. (laughs) Even if I were somehow to obtain that information from someone else, I still wouldn't tell you because I'd rather not be arrested for treason if it's all the same to you, thanks. Yeah, why don't those people who had the, that's it, treason, like, those people who had the, why are they paying them off? Why are they saying, like, keep quiet, please? Be like, yo, 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 if you don't keep quiet, we'll we'll, we'll try you for fucking treason. (laughs) And that's a big one. That's like up there with murder everything we know about what has taken place at area 51 comes from the eventual responses to some foia requests made in 2005. historically it's been a place where the air force tested top secret aircraft as well as researching captured enemy aircraft and there's not really any reason to think that's changed sure the operation may have expanded a bit since back then and there could be other projects going on as well but there's no way for us to know what's going on without access to ts sci documents that likely won't be declassified for another 50 years or something but even without knowing sure what projects they're currently working on i can tell you what absolutely isn't in area 51 aliens or alien technology what do you reckon this video's i don't know they they get quite a lot of views do you reckon there's enough people watching this video that statistically someone watching probably works at area 51 (laughs) and it's like probably watching this right now being like yeah i mean it's a but they're probably thinking yeah there's some pretty cool planes but it's just not as exciting as you think or maybe it is who knows thanks for watching